Hey guys, I hope you're all doing well today. I have an exciting announcement for you, and it's not only exciting for me, it's very, very personal. And I'll be honest, there's a little bit of, of nervousness to, to announce this because it's a project that I've been working on for almost two years now. So just to give you a little context, about Five years ago, I really exploded my business. I went from being a one-man operation doing a respectable amount of deals, you know, two to three deals a month, to blowing it up to doing well over 10 deals a month, and in some months, 15 and to 20 deals a month. And there were some very specific things that I did to get there. And I have been asked for the last five years from individuals from all over the country, how did you do it? How did you blow your company up? What were the things that you did? What did you change? What did you implement? What exactly is the secret to getting this done? And I've answered this question multiple times over the last five years, but it's only been within the last few years that I started writing a book that has everything in it, all of the strategies I used to grow my business from just doing a couple deals a month to doing a dozen deals or more a month. And there are very specific things that I changed and very specific things that I implemented in my company to make that happen. And I've now put it into a book. That's right, guys, I'm an author, and you are the first ones to hear about it. I have not made this announcement publicly anywhere else. I'm doing it here to give you guys a first opportunity to take a sneak peek at the book. Now, the book won't be launching. It won't be available on Amazon or anywhere else until June 1st. But between now and the end of the month, I am offering to send this book for free to you to check it out and give me some feedback and maybe more importantly, uh, to read it so that when it does go live, you can give me an honest review in Amazon to which I would be eternally grateful. But I would love to share this book with as many of you who wants to, to read it. Now, remember, you'll be getting a sneak peek. So you're going to see all these things before anybody else does. And I'm happy to do that as as a listener of mine, I really value your opinion, and I really want to get this into your hands. So if you want to get an advanced copy of the book, please shoot me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com, subject line, book. Again, that's mike at juststartrealestate.com, subject line, book, and I will get that to you immediately. Okay, guys, let's dive into the show. So the second one that I want to talk about here is uh, is controlling, trying to control the uncontrollables. What do you mean by that? Um, that's where stress happens is when you try and control things that you cannot control. There and, and it can be a very difficult thing to find out what is in your control. It's tough because it it, it means you've got to give up some things. Yeah. You know, well, with swimmers, for instance, you know, oh my gosh, the pool's so cold. Well, guess what? The other team is competing in the same water you are. Yeah. Okay. So you make the best of what you can do. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to control this situation. Let it go. And let's focus on something you can control, which is, you know, your flip turns or your stroke or whatever it may be. Yeah. When, when people start trying to control things that they have no control over, it's when stress enters our lives. Yep. It's when they start to fall apart. I think it's a lot of anxiety. When it hits, again, yep. all these things that I see in my athletes and all these things that I see in my students, 
It's because they're trying to do too much and they're trying to control things that they have absolutely no control over. Yeah. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, guys. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to be here. Lots of other stuff you could be doing. You're here. That means I win and everyone else loses. No, I'm just kidding. It means that you've chosen to be here and I appreciate that. And I do not take it lightly at all. So I am going to do my best to deliver the best show humanly possible. And to that end, I have on the show someone who has coached over 50 All-Americans and two United States Olympic trial level, qualifying level people. Uh, He's been coaching for 35 years. Uh, He's an amazing guy with a cool, cool set of philosophies and things that he's learned as a coach over the years, and I'm excited to have him on. His name is Mike Venos, and just for the record, I joke about it a little bit in the the episode. Uh, His wife actually works with me. She helps me on my podcast, kind of get things together and do some research and, and put the whole uh, kind of plan together for me. And uh, I value her very, very much. And uh, she was kind enough to uh, convince her husband to be on this with me uh, because he has some very cool insights as a longtime coach of uh, highly successful uh, teams, uh, specifically swimming. Uh, Mike Venos is his name, and he just finished his 35th year as a swim coach and his 22nd year at Brother Rice High School here in Michigan and his fourth year at Mercy High School. He's also been the head coach for the Beachwood Recreational Summer Team for 17 years and uh, the time that he has served as head coach for these teams, he's captured a combined nine Class A Division I state championships and 24 Catholic League championships. He's coached 14 individual and 15 relay state champion teams, and like I said, over 50 All-Americans and two United States Olympic trial qualifiers. Uh, He has received many local, state, and national accolades during his very successful career, uh, is a member of the Catholic League Hall of Fame, and will be inducted into Brother Rice Hall of Fame in the spring. Uh, In addition to coaching, he teaches theology at Brother Rice. Uh, The guy has been around a lot of athletes, a lot of winners. Uh, He's been doing this a long time, and I'm excited to have him on the show. It was a super great episode, and I'm excited for you to hear it. So without any further ado, let's dive into that show now. All right, Mike, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. So this is kind of a cool situation. So just to set this up a little bit for folks, um, well, first of all, I have someone who works with me, who researches folks that I'm going to be talking to and helps me understand more about them. And this woman appears to be stalking you because she knows everything about you. Uh, And that's a little creepy if it wasn't your wife. Your wife is the one who works with me and helps me out on the podcast. So uh, it makes sense that she knows a lot about you. Otherwise, I would be telling you to get a restraining order because she knows too much. Uh, I was going to say my biggest fan, but she might be my only fan. So that's okay. (laughs) She's a raving fan, it looks like. So that's good. That's good. No, seriously, though, um, she she reached out to me at some 
some point because she knew I was looking for people, inspirational people who are used to leading. And, and, and a lot of times it's people who own companies and, and sometimes it's authors and thought leaders and things like that. So uh, she kind of told me a little bit about what you had going on. She was very modest for you. And, and I know you're a modest guy, but it, you, you are very accomplished. So I, I think it's very cool. I love this perspective. I love this coaching perspective. I have a philosophy that I, I don't, I, I tell it to people who I'm helping them grow their business and things, but and not everyone may agree, but I personally, when I'm hiring or when I'm surrounding myself with people, I like to surround myself with people and hire people who have athletics in their background. Someone who has been on a team, um, ideally like a, a team kind of a sport, but individual sports still good, still teach you a lot of those lessons. Um, but I just love people who are in athletics because they typically know what it means to work hard to get to something. They typically know what it means to um, sometimes sacrifice a little bit for the betterment of the team, how to help people out, how to have people's backs. And that's all good life lessons. And I just, I love that stuff. So I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show. Well, thanks. It's, you know, that's exactly why I coach. Yep. So. Absolutely. I, it's cool. I, I tell my wife all the time, I wish that I had done some sort of coaching in my life. I know it's not too late, but uh, I just love that environment so much. And, and it's it's a cool thing. So a lot of accolades, obviously, we, we I mentioned that on the intro, uh, all the things that, that you've accomplished. It's very, 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 very cool. What do you think in your in your background, what is it that makes some people rise to a challenge and some people sort of shrink when things start getting a little bit tough? What do you see any threads or any commonalities between those types of athletes in your case? Because you're teaching, you know, a lot of athletes you're coaching. What is it? What is it about person? I wish I could put a finger on it because if I did, um, I'd I'd be rich. <laughs> it would be. I, I think what I can find in a student is is how much you can push. And there are kids that are willing to go that extra mile. There are kids that you can see it in their eyes. There are some kids that are hungrier than others. And there are some kids that are born with this just innate ability to find a challenge and hit it head on. Yeah. And, and those are my favorite kids to coach. Now, I've also been able to pull it out of some kids who don't have it. So, you know, as much as it's a learned habit, I think it can also be a, I should say as much as it's a born habit, it can also be a learned habit. Yeah. So I'm assuming, I'm imagining it's coming all, all backgrounds, all race, ethnicity, all this stuff. It, it just depends on, on a lot of factors coming together. And I don't know, like, obviously I think the family environment sometimes has that, the effect on that, but you're right. I think there's kids and, and even adults who in the right situation, it, it will come out because that's it's in there. They just haven't had an opportunity to show it. And I think athletics is a great example of kids that don't even know what they're capable of or even you know young adults who don't know what they're capable of until they're put in that environment. Exactly. Um, I, had a, I grew up with a family, seven kids. Um, my, I should say I grew up, my best friend had seven brothers and sisters. His dad was our family doctor. And I remember his dad saying something to me that really didn't register until I had kids. And he said, you know, the hardest thing to be a parent, I found, is letting your kids make mistakes. And I think sports lets kids do that. Um, they learn from their mistakes. And quite honestly, it's the only way that you're going to grow. Yeah. 
Um, and I think parents who are able to do that and let their kids kind of find their way, and it's a delicate balance, as I'm sure you know, yep. um, I, I think those kids tend to be a little more driven and a little less afraid um, to take chances. Yep. Totally. I couldn't agree more. I, you know, I talk about this with my wife a lot and I, I do want to get a little bit into your background. So we'll, we'll kind of back up a little bit and talk okay. about your background. But when it comes to kids, like I, I this is like a, a, you know, a show, a business oriented show and things, but I tell you, there's times when I think I, I should start some sort of a podcast or a platform where I talk about parenting because man alive, I, I think my generation, I hate to say it, but my generation, um, and, and you fall into this generation, made some similar mistakes. And it's not all of us, not across the board, but my parents allowed me to fail like in spades. Like they didn't care if I was crushed or <laughs> if I was bored or if I was sad or if I was not stimulated. Like it, who cares, right? Like they they didn't they didn't pick you up necessarily when you fell down like like my generation, I think overcompensated for maybe for what we consider to be, you know, our parents not caring as much as we thought they should we started doing that helicopter parent thing where, where a lot of people my age like over indulged and over stressed out over their kids every whim. And I think that was a disservice. And my, my theory is, and I, I'll be interested to hear your thought, not that we're going down a weird path, but I, I like this. All right. <laughs> I would be interested to hear your opinion of my, my theory is that our, my parents sort of hands off, like, Go, go entertain yourself, and if you fall, just get up. You'll be fine. My generation of parents, helicopter parents, constantly worried about everyone's happiness and whether or not you're having fun. And then I'm thinking that our kids will be much more similar to our parents because they've been focused on so much. And I'm not saying your kids or my kids, but their, their generation was focused on so much by their parents that they're used to being the center of things, therefore... They'll tell their kids to go play, go on, mommy or daddy is doing whatever. And, and it could kind of, the pendulum could swing back the other way. That's my theory. Oh, boy, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I, I'll be retired from teaching by the time I get those <laughs> kids. But uh, exactly, you know what? I think that's a fantastic theory. I, I do think you're right. I think you're going to have a lot of parents that are too busy taking selfies of themselves. Yeah. Um, to worry about raising their kids. Totally. Yeah. Okay. That's my theory. Anyway. Okay. L- let's talk about you. Let's go back a little bit into your past. Like, what what was your your childhood, your upbringing? What did you do as a young adult? Like, wh- where did your path lead you, and how did you get there? You know, it's 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 funny. My um my dad was in sales. My mom was a religious education teacher. Um. So I I have no idea how I kind of fell into this sport. I was a baseball player and um, I got cut from the basketball team in ninth grade. My dad said, your butt's not going to sit on the couch all winter the way it did all fall waiting for baseball. And so there was a kid in my neighborhood that I heard was trying out for the swim team. And he was the kid that was always picked last at everything. So I said, I'm not going to be the worst person on the team. Um, I wasn't. I was the second worst person on the team. But I I joined a sport where um, you definitely get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. And these individual sports, there's really no hiding behind, um, you know, a great teammate. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading an article this morning on Shaq and Kobe and who made who kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there is no of who made who in this whole swim business. 
um, you're out there by yourself. So I, I kind of fell in love with that. And I think it was swimming that took me into teaching because I wanted to coach. And um, you're definitely not going to make a living just coaching. Right. So I, I just, I kind of, I kind of fell in love with working with kids, um, found my passion of what I wanted to do and just kind of ran with it. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. It sounds like our, our dads were uh, friends or something because that's <laughs> why I ran track because he said, you're not going to sit around during the late winter and spring, you're going to play a sport. So I ran track. So it was, it was baseball in the summer like rec baseball in the summer, football in the fall and track in the spring and, you know, late, late, fall, late winter, early spring, and then baseball again in the summer. Same right. thing. You're not going to sit around, pick a sport, you know, I don't care what yep. you play, but you're going to do something. So yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So what, what did you, what was your family situation? How many kids, how many brothers and sisters? I had one brother. We had a real small family. I had one brother. Um, my mom had one sister. My dad had one brother. Um, we didn't have any cousins that were in the area. Okay. But um, we had the biggest backyard in the neighborhood, so everything was always taking place at our house. Yep. Um, we had baseball games at our house. Um, everything always happened in our backyard. Nice. So, and again, we probably had about 200 acres of field behind us. Holy cow. Okay. So we were never in the house. Yeah. Um, yep. we, we grew up outside, and I think a lot of creativity came from that because we were always inventing games and always inventing things yeah. to do out in the woods. Yep. Um, and so I think that really helped in my career as a teacher and a coach is to finding different ways to do things. Yep. Finding different ways to approach kids. Um, but again, we were kind of the center of the neighborhood. It was, it was fun. Yeah, that's good. It's always good to be that that family that has that that room. I was out in the country as well. We didn't have the biggest yard, so it didn't always happen in our yard. But same thing, you know, out in the woods, figuring out things to do. We made bows and arrows and just whatever kids do to entertain themselves out in the woods. So yeah, it was uh, it was something. And I know, you know, through coaching, uh, as you got involved with kids and started started coaching them. Um, and I know because your lovely wife, uh, helped me with some of your, <laughs> some of your philosophies that you have developed throughout your, your time as a coach and as a teacher. And I'd like to explore some of these because I was reading them over and going like, yeah, yeah. Like I was reading them and just going, I love all of this. I love everything that I'm, I'm seeing here. Um, and, and the top one is no exception. Everyone has a goal, but what's a goal without a foundation? Um, so having that plan in, in executing on it. Can you talk a little bit about that, like goals and plans? Well, I, I think, you know, the, the first thing that you need is a philosophy and, and what are you all about as a person? Um, you can have a goal and that's great, but what are you going to do to get there? Yeah. And I unfortunately have run into so many people that have, I guess you could say they have, they violated their own principles and they're not happy because they were going to do whatever they could to get to this goal. Yeah. And once they got to that goal, it just wasn't sitting right with them because they necessarily didn't have a philosophy that they wanted to stick to, um, to get that goal. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And and I know that, you know, you're alluding to, um, one of the other things I'm looking at here is just ethics and morals, right? Like, making sure that your philosophy and the way that you want to conduct yourself and the person you want to be doesn't change with the goal, right? Like right. you don't let the goal define who you are. And right. I think that that's, 
Huge. It's a good, you know what? It's a it's a really great life lesson, of course. And I think right now, where we are in time, as, at the time of this recording and at the time that this will air, uh, we're dealing with a pandemic, the, the coronavirus. And, and people have a choice right now of how they want to act, how they want to conduct themselves. And I've seen it in my business. I've had just as recently as last week, we had a gentleman that we were, we had a, a, a house price negotiated with him. He was going to buy from us. He's a business person. He's not like a homeowner. He's a, he's an mm-hmm. investor. He's going to buy it to flip. And we had a, we had a price, and and he called us like the day of the closing and said, "Hey, with everything that's going on, I want a reduction. I, I want you to I want you to give me a discount." And I was like, "Whoa, why? What 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 is this discount for?" Well, nobody knows what's going to happen, so I want a discount. And I said, "You're right. Nobody knows what's going to happen. That doesn't mean something bad is going to happen." And by the way, what what what? Why would you? Maybe I want more money. I mean, I could, you could look at this either way. Like something good could come out of this from a, from a, a real estate standpoint. And he's like, "Well, I I just want a reduction because I don't know what's going to happen." It's like you have a choice, man. You can you can do that. You can leverage something like this to try to get personal gain with with really no foundation to it. And you can, you know, the ethics and the morals of of what you agreed upon and, and, and contracts that you sign can be thrown out the window. Or you can proceed as if you stick by your your ethics and um so we had a we had a long kind of a tough conversation with with that guy and uh but that's just that's just what it is right like he he saw an opportunity and he wasn't i didn't get the sense he was necessarily literally scared of what was going to happen he knew that that was a convenient excuse and right and frankly i've seen a lot of people in the business world in the last few weeks lean on this situation as to why they're not doing something or not performing. And, and I know there's some legitimacy. Some people are actually very, very scared. I get that, right? But uh, I think right now it's an easy excuse. It's the easy button for why you don't do something the way you should have done it. Right. And, you know, obviously I'm not in sales, although I always tell my friends who don't teach that I put on a, uh, every 45 minutes, I'm, I'm basically trying to sell a million dollar bid um, yeah. to kids. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> when I'm working with a salesperson, one of the first things that goes through my mind is, do I trust this guy or not? Yeah. What are his values? What are his principles? And I'd be more willing to work with a guy like that or a woman like that than I would with someone who I can't trust. Yep. Yeah. That's something I'm finding too. People, how they appear on paper is not as important as what they're made of, right? And and I know there's right. a good friend of mine, uh, Bill Allen, when he hires, he he almost disregards their their resume and he literally wants to make sure that their sets of values align with his and that of his company. Hard work, you know, taking accountability, all these things that he finds important in his company. Like and it, and to the point, like I talked to him and I'm like, like seriously, you would take someone who you feel like is a value match over this on paper rock star background, you know, experience blows your mind. You would take someone who doesn't have all that if they just match your value. He's like 100% of the time, every single time, twice on Sunday. So it's real, man. That's the the character of the person you're dealing with. It means way more than what their abilities are necessarily. Exactly. And as a coach, I, you know, I've always said you can make a fast swimmer out of a good kid. <laughs> I like um, that. It, it's, I've had kids come into my program who are just incredible swimmers, but just terrible teammates. Yeah. And, um, they don't last. Yep. 
they don't last. And it is, you've, you've, you've got to have this philosophy. You've got to have this foundation that you're going to build your goals on. And with me, it's, it's honestly, that's what I look for in my, in my kids, character and integrity. Yeah. That's huge. And what, I, I what am kind of people you are. Totally. And I'm not going to go past any one of these quotes that were listed here on the, on the sheet that uh, the research that this woman who's obsessed with you gave me, because I love them. I do love them. Honestly, like these are going to, these are going to show up in my social media and with my kids, I'm going to start because I like a lot of these. So show class, have pride and display character. If you do, then winning takes care of itself. Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant. We got that right. Love it. I Trust me, I pick up every possible book I can read from successful coaches. Um, very few of what I've listed are really my own ideas, to be honest with you. you you've got to look at what successful people do yeah. and try and emulate that. Totally. Yep. And yeah. smart people do. Yeah. It, that's, man, that's so across the board and everything. I teach that in real estate. Like, I'm, I'm, I, a friend of mine has is, is, is famously quoted saying this a lot, but I, I repeat it. I'm the least in, uh, inventive, like creative. I just find out what other people did to be where I want to be. And I just do that. Like, don't overthink it. Just, just follow the examples that are there. Right. So the second one that I want to talk about here is, uh, is controlling, trying to control the uncontrollables. What do you mean by that? Um, that's where stress happens is when you try and control things that you cannot control. Um, there, and, and it can be a very difficult thing to find out what is in your control. It's tough because it, it, it means you've got to give up some things. Yeah. You know, well, with swimmers, for instance, you know, oh my gosh, the pool's so cold. Well, guess what? The other team is competing in the same water you are. Yeah. Okay. So you make the best of what you can do. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to control this situation. Let it go. And let's focus on something you can control, which is, you know, your flip turns or your stroke or whatever it may be. Yeah. When, when people start trying to control things that they have no control over, it, it's when stress enters our lives. Yep. It's when they start to fall apart. I think it's a lot of anxiety. When it hits again, yep. all these things that I see in my athletes and all these things that I see in my students, it's because they're trying to do too much and they're trying to control things that they have absolutely no control over. Yeah. 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 I love that. And I, there's a few, a few notes here, coach the team you have, not the team you want. I love that. I mean, it's, that's such a relatable, that's such a relatable philosophy across industry, across coaching and business. Like, Exactly. Deal with what the situation you're in, I think, is what, what, what the takeaway there is. Exactly. And I think on a national stage, um, for all the Wolverine fans out there, um, Rich Rodriguez is a perfect example of this. You know, he came in and tried to put his philosophy and his way of doing things on a team that wasn't built for his type of offense. Yeah. And he failed miserably. And so he had, and I use that as an example all the time now that, you know, you've got to, you've got to coach the kids that you have. And there are things that you're going to have to, I guess you could say flow with. Um, and eventually you will build what you want. Yep. Yeah. And I think that that's, that was a great example as painful as it was to a lot of my friends. Yeah. 
Totally. I, it's painful all the way across the board. Know that you're going to fail and know how to handle failure. Super important. Again, I love what I love about these is they're they're not just for swimming or for coaching or for teaching. Like these things are are relatable in everything you do. Like you are going to fail. You know, like just just get that out of the way. Let's not let's not fear failure because it's going to happen. Just figure out how you're going to react to that and what you're going to do and know how to handle it. Right, and I think that's one of the problems that we are having now with this this younger generation is they're not given an opportunity to fail. Yeah. And they don't know how to handle that. Um, And again, that's why I love athletics is because you are going to fail. Um, And these are life lessons that you can take with you. And if you're afraid of failure, you're never going to jump out of your comfort zone. Yep. And nothing good ever happens inside your comfort zone. Well, nothing different happens. That's for sure. Right, right. (laughs) So if you are absolutely in love with every aspect of your life and don't want one single thing to change at all, I suppose, stay in your comfort zone. But that describes exactly probably zero of us, that that there isn't anything that we want to improve on. So yeah, I love it. Another quote, I love this one too. Things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. Who said it? John Wooden. John Wooden. Um, That is by far my favorite quote. And you want to talk about very appropriate for the times that we yeah. have right now. 100%. That's why it's very, very timely conversation that we're having um, because you're right. That, is, that could not apply more to the situation we're in right now than, than anything. That is so fantastic. And yes. um, I love it. And I, I tell you what, even in my own personal uh, sphere of people that I interact with and talk to, I have seen the gamut. I have seen utter, complete, like can't handle what's happening right now all the way to people who are almost giddy at the prospect of trying to figure out how to move with the cheese to use that phrase right right people who look at this and they go okay things are different things have changed now i get to look at my situation and figure out how I'm going to deal with this. And some people actually get kind of invigorated by that. And I've seen the whole gamut, the whole the whole side of it. Well, how many times have we ever asked for a reset button? Yeah. And you want to talk about a perfect time to do that, a perfect time to get some things in order, Yep. to get organized, to kind of clear your head. This is a perfect opportunity. And if, we're, if we keep dwelling on the negative aspects... We're going to miss these opportunities that are right in front of us. Totally. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Um, okay, so the next philosophy I want to tackle here is trust the process. Tell me a little bit about how that, how you see that. Um, you have to, again, going back to what we first talked about, your philosophy and your goal. And you've got to stick with your plan. You've still got to be flexible in some ways, but you've got to trust the fact that things are going to work out. Trust in your own abilities. Trust the fact you've put in the work. And trust the fact that you're going to make a mistake, but stick with what you know works best. And that is the process. You're going to get to where you want to go. It's a journey. And you have to understand and keep the big picture in front of you. Yeah. Yep. I love that. You're going to run into obstacles, but as long as you've got this big picture in front of you, that things are going to work out. And that's what I mean by the process, trusting in your ability, 
trusting and you know what your goal is, you know what your philosophy is, you've got that foundation, just basically get out of the way and let it happen sometimes. Totally. Yeah, there, there's a, a, a little point here that's being made. Uh, poor decisions are born out of fear. Again, you know, look at where we are. Look at the fear that's just being permeated by media, by everybody, right? It's like people are making decisions right now that are not in their best interest. Right, right. And, and again, I think it's we've, we've, lost, we've lost the big picture. I think we don't trust ourselves in a lot of ways because, again, we haven't been put in this situation before. Yeah. Um, I think if you can equate this to your athletics, and quite honestly, I, this is what I've been talking to a lot of parents about, look back at a time that your back was against the wall as a team. You know, what did you guys do when you were handling this stress? How did you come out of it? Yep. And I've had so many people tell me, well, I remember we, we leaned back on what we learned in practice and we fell back on this. Um, and, you know, another one of my favorite quotes is, is good athletes don't rise to the occasion. They fall back to the level of their training. Yep. And that's all got to do with, with trusting this process that, that you've started. Yep. We're all, we're all capable of doing a lot more than we think we can. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. Uh, our, I'm going to quiz you here. I want to see if you know who these quotes are. I assume you okay. do. Our emphasis is on execution, not winning. I think the greatest basketball coach that ever lived next to John Wooden. That's Pat Summit. Pat Summit. That's right. From I love University it. of Tennessee. She's fantastic. And uh, I, one of our, I think my my main philosophy is it's not about winning. It's about being the best. <laughs> and I think I like that's that, that kind of goes in line with let's focus on what we're supposed to do instead of what we cannot control. You yeah. can't control the score. The only thing that you can control is how you execute those plays yeah. that you've worked on in practice over and over and over again. Yep. And uh, she was an incredible woman. She was an, I've, I had an opportunity to hear her speak a few times. She She was amazing. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. And, you know, I, I, again, whether you love them or hate them, um, uh, the Patriots, right? Mm -hmm. Notoriously not the most talented team in the NFL. Maybe, maybe only, only one year where they might've been considered the most talented team yet still the most successful and the best team over the last 20 years, just oh, incredibly with working with what they have. That I think one of my favorite parts about working at an all boys school is all the sports discussions that we get into. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, they all talk about Tom Brady not being the best quarterback, that he was just in a system. And they don't like Bill Belichick. I said, Well, you just told me that you like his system, and that's what's made Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think Brady's made a living on trusting this process as well. Yep. Um, and, and just, Going into that 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 process that Bill Belichick has put in front of him. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. There's never been a better case made for following a system and not worrying exactly. about what you can't control. And by the way, changing their personnel every year and having to adapt to different strengths. Right. One year, not to get too deep into football, but one year they have Randy Moss, maybe the best receiver in the league at the time, or one of them for sure. 
and then most years not having a great receiver. You have to play different offense when you have the best guy in the field and when you don't, right? You do. And that also goes back to another point of one of the reasons I like Bill Belichick is, you know, he gets these players that were considered problems elsewhere. Yep. And I don't necessarily think it's winning that changes things. I think he knows how to work with these people. Yep. And I, I, again, I wish he would write a book. Yeah. I wish he would no, give I, some interviews. I'd I, love my to guess pick is that that's man's coming. brain. Yeah, I would too. I would hope so. Yeah, I think it's not about, like you said, it's it's about he creates a culture and he has buy-in. And if you have a strong culture and, and a lot of buy-in from the other team members, you bring someone in who had maybe a questionable past or maybe they were a little bit of a discipline problem, and you bring them around 50-some-odd men who fully bought into something and a coach who preaches the same thing every day, it's it's positive peer pressure. How do you how do you fight that? You know, it's too big. Exactly, exactly. It's uh, it's a great model for I think any business as well. What kind of environment do you want to create? Totally. Yep. Your company culture. I actually well just wrote a book, and part of it is about <laughs> culture. And and I think that um you have you you have listen ever you have a personality whether you think your personality is good bad or otherwise you have one. Your family has a culture to it, whether you like it or not, or you think you've created one, there is a culture. Inside of your company, there's a culture. Whether you purposefully put it there and created it or it just evolved, it's a, there's a culture. And it can work for you or against you. You know, And kind of going back to what you talked about, having the greatest athlete, but maybe not the best team person, I've, had, I've seen that in business. I've hired some extremely talented people who were horrible team members and and it didn't work because they they started poisoning the pool so to speak and and it and it never works um your the person's a person's character and their ethics always trump what they can do right so yeah i love it um get comfortable being uncomfortable any any clue where that came from uh that's the navy seals that's right um, I, I tell you, I, that's, that quote is incredible Yeah, and it, it does, it goes back to, I mean, if, if you look at this, this whole outline that I think my wife may have put together, <laughs> um, it, it all kind of falls together. You have yeah. better learn to move out of your comfort zone. Yep. Totally. You're not going to, you're not going to grow. You better understand you're going to make mistakes but along the way, trust the fact that you've got the ability to overcome all that. Totally. I, I had the distinct pleasure of uh, spending some time last year around a few Navy SEALs, uh, one in particular named Jocko Willink. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spoke at an event that I was also at and speaking. And uh, wow, talk about a guy who absolutely embodies every bit of the SEALs, <laughs> walks the walk, talks the talk. That guy's intense as all get out. And uh, I sat next to him at a dinner one time and just thinking at some point, I spent actually like a couple days around him at one point thinking this guy is going to come down off of this intensity level that he seems to always have. And, and he's going to seem he's going to seem a little more normal, regular uh, doesn't happen. And then I oh. talked to some of his closest friends who were with him at the time. And I said, does he ever get silly or just sort of like aloof or? Does he ever start doubting himself? And they're like, I've never seen it. Never, never seen it. The guy is 100% focused. Um, and he's constantly he's constantly challenging himself. And he, he, is, he is a Navy SEAL through and through, no doubt about it. Great guy. 
super good speaker. Very, very emotional guy. Um, loved it. It was really cool. But uh, yes, I, I have my my best friend, the guy who kind of drove me and picked me up every morning for swim practice when I was an underclassman. Um, he was a few years older than me. He was a Navy SEAL instructor for years. Wow. And he always had that that no nonsense attitude that, you know, he would push himself to the limit every day at practice. Um, just an incredible, incredible role model to, to have and to be around taught me a lot of things. Yeah, it, it will. And those guys talk about, you know, having to buy into a system I mean, it's literally life and death with their, with their training. And it, right. it's so cool. Jocko's team came in and did some training with, um, with our, our mastermind, our seven figure flipping mastermind. And it was a whole day, um, like, a, a training for a whole day, like a workshop. And, uh, at lunch of the, of the day that they did it lunchtime, I called my wife and she's like, how's it going? How's the training going? And I was like, this, I'm never going to be the same after this. Like, I'm literally going to change everything about myself. Like I, (laughs) I need to be better in all aspects of life. These guys are inspirational and it was just cool to be around them. So having someone like that, you're spending the kind of time you spent with them. That's huge. That's formative. That's big stuff. And it's it's exciting. It's a good opportunity. I like this next quote. I'm just going to say who it was, Scotty Bowman. But and it took me, I read this and thought it was a typo because I, I, I couldn't understand the syntax of what we were saying here, but now I get it. Every okay. every boo on the road is a cheer. And I was like, wait a minute, is a cheer at home? Like, what are we trying to say? And I was like, oh, I got you because you're on the road and they're booing. So obviously something. That means happen. you're doing something right. That's right. I like it that. It means you're doing something right. <laughs> and that, that goes back to another thing I'm always telling the kids And another thing that is so appropriate to where we are right now, reframing challenges as opportunities. Yep. You know, it's, it's again, how you can reframe and how you can look at things. If you're being booed on the road, then you know, you're doing something right. Right. Yeah. Right. If, if you can look at these obstacles that are placed in front of us right now, and find a way to turn them into opportunities. You're going to be a lot more successful. You're going to be a lot happier at what you do. Yep. I love it. I have been, I've been stuck inside the house now for, <laughs> what is it, three weeks with my 80-year-old father, with my college kid who I sent to college for a reason, <laughs> um, my 17-year-old son and my wife, and there have been zero issues. Yeah. We have been, it's, it's been a blast. Yep. And there are, you know, there are certain things that I'm seeing from different households and different families of how they're turning these challenges into opportunities to grow together. Yeah. Um, it's believe it or not, it's been pretty inspirational as as tough as things have been yeah. on the outside. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I'm in a little bit different situation. My kids are a little older. Um, and the one that, uh, is in college is, is staying with his, his dad right now. So it's just been my wife and I, um, but I will say, I I jokingly tell people we're introverts. So like, call me in six months and see how I'm doing, because this is a, I this is a breeze, you know, two weeks I could do within my sleep. Um, but I, I agree with you. This is, this is a interesting time because not only can you reset, like you said, which I love that. And you're totally right. Is, Families are forced to be together more, and you're going to see where, if there are issues, they're obviously going to come out. People are going to be at each other's throat. But this is an opportunity to get closer and to reform those bonds and to appreciate the fact that you have 
even though it's not the way we all would like for it to have gone down, but we have an opportunity to reinforce all of these relationships in our lives. And I think it's it's amazing. And for those who take advantage of that situation and actually take it seriously and look at it that way, first of all, like right, reframing things, um, when they look at it that way, there's a tremendous opportunity with their with parents with their kids and kids with their parents and it's just a it can be a really cool thing it's just how are you looking at this like a jail sentence like you're being punished like you know you're in danger of some kind like just or are you going to look at it as like hey this, we're together let's let's talk let's sit down right. let's put our phones down for a minute and talk to each other it's kind of a cool right. thing there's go ahead i'm sorry no, I was going to say, it goes back to things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. Totally. Absolutely. There's two more lines on here that I want to make sure I, I say, because they could not be more important than than they are right now. And that's nothing gets accomplished in your comfort zone. We talked about that a little bit, um, but embrace the unknown, right? Yes, and sir. I think that that is an, as it's an, a very appropriate theme for us to sort of wrap this conversation up. Embrace the unknown. Guys, there's nothing more unknown than what we're dealing with right now and, and where, where things are headed. Uh, ultimately, I, I think it's going to be just fine. I think we're all going to get through this. I know we're going to get through it, but it's still unknown, right? So embrace it. Spend time with your kids. Go outside in the backyard and and, and play catch or, or sit down and, and talk or, or play cart, whatever. Whatever it is that you do as a family, do it. Use right. this time because this will pass and we will be thrown right back into the rat race where people just don't have time to engage and, and to communicate and talk. So let's make the most of this time. I, I think embracing the unknown could not be a more important philosophy right now. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And and the best part about it being unknown is we're all going through this at the same time. Yep. Everybody has this opportunity. Nobody knows what's happening. Right. So let's go out and do what we can and make it an opportunity for ourselves and for our family. Right. Well, listen, from a guy who has coached Olympic level athletes, uh, all the way down to that kid who's maybe a great kid and not a great swimmer when you first met him. Um, thank you. I, I appreciate your insight on this. I appreciate your experience and everything that you've seen and all of these all of these lessons, all these philosophies, everything we talked about is absolutely applicable for kids as they are adults, they as they are in school, as they are in business. So again, man, thanks. I, I appreciate your insight. Thanks for having me. It was I had a real good time. Awesome. Thanks, man. We'll we'll talk to you soon actually. Yes, sir. All right. All right, guys, I really enjoyed that episode. It was a lot of fun doing something that wasn't purely just all about real estate and business. But what's cool about it is every single one of those philosophies, every single thing that we talked about in this episode, 100% applies to business, 100% applies to how you approach your business and how you approach life and hiring and, and leading teams inside your company and just dealing with everything that life throws at you. And right now, life is throwing some weird stuff at us. And these discussions and these these things that we talked about on the show are so critical, absolutely critical to not surviving the situation that you find yourself in, but thriving, but becoming better on the other side of it. And I'm, I'm just happy that I was able to bring this to you and hopefully give you a little dose of inspiration and real life coaching from a guy who's coached at 
an extreme high level. So hopefully you enjoyed this and I was super psyched to bring it to you. Guys, if you want to change things, if you want to survive and thrive in a time like this and really turn it up a notch and become a better person on the other side, there's no way to do it unless you get out there and just start. All right, we'll see you next time. Okay, I'm glad you're still here. There's something important that I want to talk to you about. If you're like I was when I started investing in real estate, you just need some help. You need someone to show you and tell you how to do the various things that need to get done in a real estate business. And if you're like me when I got started, uh, I didn't really have the money to pay for anything really, really expensive. I just needed some specific help in specific areas. If this describes you, I've got good news. There is something available to you now called the Seven Figure Flipping Video Vault. And this Video Vault contains dozens and dozens of videos that are available to you very, very, very inexpensively. And you can buy them individually so you can get help in the specific areas of your business that you need it. So for example, if you're a house flipper and you just want help uh, defining your marketing strategy, like which sellers should you target and why? Why them and which ones do you choose? There's a video for that. If you want something about how to find motivated sellers, like once you picked who you're targeting and why, like how do you find them? There's a video for that. If you want to know how to set up your phone system and track your calls, if you've gotten to that point where you're getting enough calls, there's a video for that. If you want something to walk you through the contracts and the forms, there's something for that. If you're a wholesaler and you want to find cash buyers, like why do you need them and where do you find them? There's a video to help you with that. If you want to know how to set up your CRM, for example, like when you're getting these leads, how do you track them? How do you make sure that no leads fall through the cracks? We can show you in a very clear and easy to follow video how you do that. If you're like, listen, I know how to find leads. I know how to how to target the sellers. I just need help negotiating the sale. How do I get these properties under contracts? There's a whole series of videos about sales and negotiation to help you get those contracts for the least amount of money and do it in a way that you can feel good about because no one's losing. It's a win-win situation. How do you do that? What are the strategies? Learn from some of the best salespeople in the country how they're getting contracts at a ridiculously low cost. So if this sounds interesting to you and you need this specific help, I've got a resource for you. Go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash vault. That's juststartrealestate.com forward slash vault. Guys, go check it out. It is amazing. And if you're at that point in your business where you know you need help, and trust me, I've been there. I know that feeling. And you just need help on a certain specific thing. You can go in there, browse this entire video vault, and just pull out the stuff that you want. And if there's a whole series that you're interested in, you can get that at a discount if you buy more than one. So go check it out, guys. I know it's going to transform your business. Check it out.